Welcome to Smith Weekly Discussions, an occasional program for our readers and listeners of Smith Weekly Research. Please note this program is a private discussion and everything contained herein is for entertainment and educational purposes only. Uh, with that, we hope you're in a comfortable position along with your favorite beverage to enjoy the discussion. Before we get into our discussion today, we want to say thanks for questions coming from our audience at Smith Weekly, including Gordon S., Andy J., and Paul M. We've got David Terry joining us today. David is Director of Golden Arrow Resources, a Argentina and Chile gold, silver, copper focused exploration company advancing a number of projects in both countries. Golden Arrow also has a 25% joint venture interest in the Puna operations in Argentina, which include Golden Arrow's Chinchillas silver zinc lead discovery. The company is listed on the Toronto Venture Exchange under the symbol GRG and also on the US OTC markets under the symbol GARWF. Mr. Terry, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, uh, Andrew. Uh, very pleased to be here. So, David, you're quite busy uh, as a geologist kind of running around in the natural resource sector. So kind of give the audience your background uh, before you came to Golden Arrow and you know, give us some highlights uh, of your career uh, going back. And then also give us maybe some failures and some lessons learned uh, during your time in the business. Oh, okay. Uh, I uh, well, you know, as you pointed out, I, I am a, I'm a geologist. Uh, I went to uh, university in uh, University of Western Ontario and took uh, took geology. Uh, started uh, working as a uh, as a with exploration mining companies uh, uh, as a summer student, and then uh, uh, carried on uh, after graduation. I worked for the old what used to be the Consolidated Goldfields uh, Goldfields Mining Corporation in, in North America. Um, which which uh, was a fairly successful uh, company, but but a subsidiary of the the larger Consolidated Goldfields, which was uh, the second largest gold uh, mining company in the world at the time. Uh, and I worked for them for a number of years, and uh, and then went back uh, to university to uh, to complete a, a graduate degree that was sponsored at the time by uh, what used to be Cominco uh, uh, American. And uh, worked uh, up in Alaska uh, for them for for a number of years uh, on on exploration projects. Uh, and then after after I finished that, uh, worked for Hemlo Gold, which was a subsidiary of Naranda at the time, uh, for uh, for a period of time. And then Westman Resources, which was a medium-sized mining company operating a, a base metal uh, mine in Vancouver Island, and and it acquired the uh, Lomas Bias Porphyry deposit in Chile. Um, and uh, had had several other uh, projects uh, in the, in the Americas, and worked for them for a number of years. So they were taken over by Beliden, a Swedish mining company, and continued working for them in Mexico, Sweden, South America, and uh, and then I spent several years as a regional geologist uh, with the BC government, and uh, and then got into the junior sector. And I've been working with uh, with with the group, uh, the Grosso Group, which uh, Golden Arrow is a part of for uh well since the early 2000s and been involved with golden arrow as a director uh since 2004 when when it was formed okay so that's kind of my background i guess uh <laughs> in terms of uh successes and failures uh, i mean golden arrow itself has been involved in uh, several 
significant discoveries, uh, the Navidad uh, project uh, back in the early 2000s and, uh, and Chinchillas itself uh, uh, in 2012. Uh, one of the other group uh, companies, Blue Sky Uranium, has uh, really discovered a significant uranium vanadium district in, uh, in Patagonia and uh, just uh, released a maiden uh, resource estimate about a year ago now and uh, and ju just this past uh, February has uh, put out an initial uh, preliminary economic assessment and uh, and uh, updated resource estimate for uh, for its uh, Havana uh, uranium vanadium project in uh, in Patagonia. Okay, and, and David, tell us, kind of give us a, a feel for. Uh, you know, as you, as a geologist, looking at these projects and looking at the results and, and just kind of pouring over the situation, how do you kind of separate out the the crap, if you will, and, and really hone in on the, the good projects? How do, how do you kind of go about that, if you can give us a flavor for that? Well, I, yeah, that's a very good question. It's a <laughs> something that we spend a lot of time uh, doing and obviously, you know, reviewing a lot of projects and results from projects that you're working on. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very important to try to separate the, uh, the wheat from the shaft. And, uh, you know, a lot of it's probably based on experience. Uh, you know, when I look at these things, I always try to approach them from, uh, you know, if, if, if a number of things went right for this, you know, would you have something that would would have economic uh, significance and uh, and and sort of work backwards from there? Um, but you know, a lot of it's sort of uh, you know trying to apply uh, uh, you know potential things to to uh, to a set of information that's 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 not uh, not not whole and uh, and and trying to uh, envisage what uh, you know could be there and how to go about testing whether or not that's the case and. And trying to determine when uh, when it's time to, uh, to 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 stop and move on to the next uh, the next one. So it's it, you're always prioritizing and uh, and trying to uh, you know trying trying to uh, evaluate what the, the best uh, use of your time and money is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in this sector, and you probably being around for such a long period of time with the quite a realm of experience. You know, there's there's a lot of companies out there, especially in the junior space that, you know, come across something that turns out to be a piece of crap and somehow they they spin it, uh, fatten it up, put some lipstick on it and keep trying to do something with nothing. And it, it certainly works for a while and it, and it certainly <laughs> you're able to milk it out, if you will. Um, so it's really interesting that, uh, you know, you have the companies that do that and then you have companies that say, hey, you know, this isn't working. Let's let's move on and focus on another place where we can create value. And so I think that's something that is a dilemma that continues with the sector. Um, so so looking at kind of looking at the sector as a whole, what's your take on the natural resource business at this point, specifically with regards to the state of precious metals and base metal markets? Well, I mean, I, I think that uh, in terms of the precious metal markets, uh, you know, I'm not an expert in, in predicting what's going to happen with the price of gold or silver. I mean, I think there's a lot of good, uh, uh, you know, a very good case for uh, for 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 stronger uh, gold and silver prices uh, going forward. Um, but you know, it, it's 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 certainly uh, it, it's certainly improved a little bit just even since the end of last year. I think. 
Um, but in terms of the, the junior sector, uh, you know, there's still a, a challenge with, with many companies in, in access to the necessary capital to, uh, to you know, implement their business plans and, and move things forward. Uh, you know, in base metals, uh, we've seen uh, zinc uh, increase uh, pretty significantly over the last uh, four or five years, pull back, and now it's, it's, it's sort of moved forward again. Uh, the copper price is, is, is hovering a little bit below $3. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, all the base metals have, have, a, have certainly a good future, but, uh, you know, as to where we go in the short term or the medium term, uh, you know, I, I leave that to the experts. <laughs> so, so with I, that, I, I'm more, I'm more, I'm more about finding this stuff, <laughs> Andrew. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so, but, but give us, give us a little bit more flavor. So what do you like over the next 24 months? What, what metal do you, do you kind of like? I mean, it, it doesn't have to be in precious or base metals, but you know, everything from uranium to, to uh, battery metals to, to gold, what do you, what do you really like over the next two years? Well, I certainly like uranium over the next, uh, you know, probably a little bit longer uh, time frame than two years, but uh, you know, say, the, the two to five year time frame, I, I think the, the 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 fundamental story for uranium is very strong, and we're going to see uh, uh, strengthening uranium prices. Um, and you know, once people start entering into longer term contracts again, I think that uh, that that will uh, will uh, result in uh, in in higher prices as well. Um, in terms of uh, over the next several years, I mean, I think there's, as I said, a very good case for, for strengthening precious metal markets uh, over the next couple of years. And uh, so gold and silver, uh, uh, I really like. Um, and, you know, those are one of the main things that I that I spend my time working on. So I have kind of the same the same view. I think that there's a, a lot of potential with with. Uh, you know, precious metals and, and certainly uranium uh, going forward, especially where we are in the state of the market, uh, the big broad market as well. So, David, walk us through uh, your your business as a geologist. Kind of give the audience an idea of what you do day by day, the field work, the office paperwork, uh, filing technical reports, the travel that you do. And, and out of all that, what do you like the best? Well, at the end of the day, I, I, I like getting out in the field and, uh, you know, looking at uh, projects and, uh, and working on projects. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I do spend a lot of time doing other things as well, uh, you know, going around and, and telling people about the, the companies and projects that I'm involved with. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, there's a running these, these companies, there's, there's administration and, uh, and, you know, paperwork and that sort of thing uh, that you have to do is, is just part of the business and especially running a small small companies uh, you, you end up doing a, a lot of things yourself that you you might uh, not do in a larger company situation but uh, but you know that that's that's part of it and uh, you know certainly working for uh, the the smaller junior sector companies is uh, is a lot uh, more exciting and uh, and personally rewarding uh, I think uh, and I've done sort of I've worked for both you know large companies and and small companies and and uh, certainly I prefer doing what I'm doing but uh, yeah, I mean the 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 best is is getting out and and uh, and, and seeing projects and uh, and evaluating things and uh, you know helping to uh, to guide the uh, the work programs that are that are going on. And uh, as a geologist, the more things you you see and uh, the more different uh, styles of deposits and variants uh, on on mineralization, uh, you know that that helps you uh, you know going forward in your uh, in your work and career to. Uh, to, to make uh, good decisions uh, 
on things you work on in the future. So let's move on to Golden Arrow. Uh, give the audience just kind of a brief overview of the company, the, the share structure, the approach to compensation of the management team, and, and how management is aligning themselves with the shareholders at these price levels. Well, uh, Golden Arrow, uh, in terms of share structure, uh, we, we had uh, around 102 uh, million shares outstanding. Uh, we've just uh, completed two, uh, two tranches of a, uh, of a financing in the last, uh, the last several weeks. And so uh, I think uh, it's around 114 million shares outstanding right at the moment. Um, we, we've, we've, you know, we pay a lot of attention to uh, trying to minimize dilution as much as possible. Uh, in fact, one of the things that we did uh, to, uh, to fund the work on our Chinchillas discovery was uh, we had a royalty uh, uh, on a uh, operating gold mine in Argentina uh, that, uh, that went into production in 2009. And we, we monetized that royalty um, back in, I think, around 2010. Uh, and, and funded a significant amount of the, uh, the exploration and development work on our Chinchillas uh, project with, with no dilution to shareholders uh, through, through the sale of that, uh, that royalty in a very tough time in the junior exploration market. So, uh, you know, we're, we're very uh, cognizant of that. Um, between uh, the insider group, uh, friends and family, uh, a very significant amount of the stock is held. So there's, there's no doubt that uh, that the management and close supporters uh, of the company are uh, are uh, you know very much aligned with uh, with uh, other shareholders of of Golden Arrow. Um, and uh, in terms of the other question, I think was 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 compensation. I mean, obviously, um, uh, you know, we, we we try to be uh, in line with uh, with uh, with the industry uh, compensation levels. Uh, we obviously want to attract the best talent, uh, but uh, but you know we're we're, we're focused on creating shareholder value. Yeah, I think that's I think that's notable. And uh, you know, with regards to compensation, this, this stage of the company that you guys are today, where you have, which we'll chat about just in a moment, where you guys are seeing some cash flow coming in from from uh, Chinchillas, uh, is you guys are in a kind of a unique position uh, going forward, um, assuming that you know SSR can keep that going, which. Uh, they seem to be pretty capable of doing that. Um, so on on that, that kind of brings me into the next uh, piece here. Uh, explain for me the kind of the arrangement with SSR mining, the Puna operations, and of course the associated deposit. Give us the operational status, given that it just started up. You know, kind of tell us where we are in the ramp up, and uh, let's go from there. Okay, we uh, we entered into this. Uh, Auction joint venture agreement with uh, with what was Silver Standard uh, at the time uh, back in September of 2015, uh, and uh, and and basically completed a pre-feasibility study, uh, uh, which they based their uh, decision to to exercise the option on, and uh, and the and the subsequent joint venture that was formed uh, after March of uh, 2017 uh, made the decision to, uh, to to move forward into. Uh, to I guess construction, if you want to call it that, uh, you know, basically uh, developing the, uh, the the joint venture. Um, so uh, so so basically, we're uh, participating 25% uh, partner in in Puna operations with uh, with SSR owning this other 75% and being the operator. Uh, the 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 capital cost, which was estimated to 
complete the integration of the Chinchillas discovery with the Paquitas mine was uh, $81 million. And, uh, and so we were responsible for, uh, for 25% of that. Um, and uh, we've been able to fund uh, our, our parts of that uh, up until uh, up until now. And we've, we've, uh, we've also uh, included in our uh, part of that, we've, we've, we've uh, taken out a line of credit with SSR that will be paid back uh, um, uh, to them uh, uh, in the in the future, but uh, we, we we maintain our 25% interest, and uh, and basically how it works is that uh, Guna has a, has a board of directors, and uh, when they uh, declare uh, dividends through uh, from from cash flow, positive cash flow out of the operation, then we receive our our part of that at that time. What about the attributable production? Uh, do you guys do you guys get a piece of that? And where are we at as far as the operation? Uh, as far as where we are with production levels? They they started uh, trucking ore from Chinchillas to Prakitas in July of last year, and uh, and continued fine tuning and ramping that up and and transitioning away from processing stockpile material that had been pre existing at Chinchi at Prakitas uh, over that uh, last half of the year. Uh, and uh, commercial production was declared uh, on, de on uh, December the 1st of 2018. So uh, in that last quarter of uh, 2018, there was about one month of, uh, of, uh, of commercial production where they were uh, trucking ore at uh, uh, almost 3,900 uh, tons per day, which was, is almost up to the 4,000 tons a day uh, that, that was uh, targeted in the pre-feasibility study and is, is the ultimate plan. Uh, so in 2018, the, the joint venture produced uh, uh, 3.7 million ounces of silver, uh, as well as some zinc and lead, and uh, and sold 3.8 million ounces of silver. That's significantly down from 2017, which when they produced uh, over 6 million ounces of silver uh, from stockpile material. But it's really to do with the the lower grade of the stockpile that was processed in the first part of the year and the transition over to uh, over to uh, uh, running ore from from uh, Chinchillas. So the, the, the 2019 uh, forecast is, is six to seven million ounces of silver, as well as, uh, as, as uh, zinc and lead on top of that. Um, the, the cash cost uh, forecast that, uh, that uh, the operator put out in, in January is eight to $10 uh, uh, per payable ounce of silver. Um, and, and so that's, that's the, uh, the information that we have uh, in terms of the, uh, the forecast for, for 2019. Okay, and of that, so of that twenty-five percent, where does that twenty-five percent come off? Uh, is it off the off the bottom line, or how does how does that kind of work? Well, it, it's 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 a joint venture, so uh, so you know the the Puna Operations, which is the holding company which owns these assets, uh, you know, it will 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 you know they we've we've been contributing you know our our share through that, and uh, and then as as positive cash flow uh, comes out of the mine, that will be accumulated in uh, Puna Operations and. Uh, and uh, when the when the uh, board of directors uh, declares a dividend, then we'd get 25% of of that dividend coming up to uh, to Golden Arrow. Okay, and and does that dividend come like once per year or once a quarter, or how does that work? Uh, it, it's it's it'll be determined at the at the time. Uh, okay, that's, it it all depends on the on the cash flow and uh, and uh, you know any other capital requirements and that sort of thing. 
So do you guys, you guys are probably looking at that pretty hard. So how does, how does that, uh, the expectation of, of maybe some of those funds flowing over to Golden Arrow, do you guys, do you guys kind of see that as uh, really, you know, taking care of some of the expenses at Golden Arrow, or do you guys feel like that uh, as, as time kind of goes on here, that it'll be a while before you guys start to see some good, good flow from that, or kind of how does that, how does that play into kind of the financing side of how you guys are going to fund your operations? going forward and, and also contributions to that joint venture? Well, certainly I, uh, you know, we, we've, we've, we've contributed our, our share of, uh, of the, of the capital uh, to get uh, things up and running. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're anticipating, uh, you know, it, it's still in the startup mode, but we're, we're anticipating, uh, you know, things sort of being up uh, uh, and, and running smoothly, uh, you know, as we move through the year here. And, uh, and so, you know, based on the, uh, on the pre-feasibility study, which is, you know, really what things are, are, are based on at this point, uh, um, you know, we're, we're in that sort of transition period and, uh, we should expect, uh, you know, the mine to be a positive cash flow uh, later in the year, but, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're waiting to see, uh, you know, what, what uh, what the what what it looks like uh, over the next several quarters. In the meantime, uh, you know, as as you know, we've uh, we've completed a, a private placement, uh, two two uh, tranches of the private placement, and uh, raised about three point seven million dollars to to fund our our activities. Uh, uh, you know, at, at the current time, while we're waiting for uh, Chinchillas to to uh, advance. Did. Uh... I, th- I think if I if I looked at it right, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, so so Joe Joe Grasso has has a pretty good stake uh, in Golden Arrow, and so does SSR also has uh, some shares. Did they participate in the latest uh, placement? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, they, I know that they had a five percent ownership uh, prior to the to the private placement. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know Joe also. Joe has. I think if I recall uh, looking at it here just this morning, I think Joe has around a, a six to seven percent uh, ownership as well um, in the company. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and certainly he was a participant in the uh, in the recent placement. So so let's move on. Let's let's talk about the Indiana and uh, Atlantida uh, project status and the work being done to advance those. So yeah, I mean, basically, you know, the, the snapshot of, of Golden Arrow is is that, uh, as you pointed out, I think earlier in the call, it, it's a, it's a, it's quite a unique company in that it's got this sort of base of value in the in the 25% ownership of uh, of, a, of a large operating silver deposit. Um, uh, but you know, we're we're uh, we're exploration uh, experts and and we're focused on on exploration and adding value that way. Uh, SSR is obviously operating the joint venture, and uh, and so we, we have representation on the board, and we're integrated in that way. But uh, but we we've really turned our uh, focus uh, back again to uh, to doing what we do best and uh, and and exploring. And uh, after basically I guess uh, six years of focusing on uh, advancing the Chinchillas uh, discovery uh, through well, through discovery and uh, and uh, resource estimates and economic assessments and that sort of thing we've we've uh, we've uh, focused uh, uh, on these these uh, acquisitions in Chile that we've uh, we've announced in the fall and uh, we're, we're quite excited about uh, about both of them uh, Indiana and uh, and uh, Atlantida are, are both in the same area uh, north of Copiapo in an area of, uh, of good mining infrastructure 
many known uh, projects and deposits and uh they they they're both uh, different in terms of their uh, overall style of mineralization but uh, but but many similarities and synergies we think uh, going forward indiana is uh is uh, uh, really a, a, a copper, gold copper vein system uh, with with numerous veins. Um, there's been uh, uh, variable amounts of work uh, on on these these veins, uh, and uh, in 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 terms of the ones which have seen the most work to date, including uh, surface sampling, mapping, uh, drilling, uh, and uh, and some underground development work. Uh, there's a uh, what would be considered a historic uh, resource with respect to uh, to 43101, uh, but uh, but one that was completed uh, using those guidelines in 2013 um, uh, of uh, 600,000 ounces of uh, of gold equivalent, uh, comprised of a little bit more uh, value to the gold, but but pretty well equal uh, gold and copper, and uh, that's just on 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 several of the veins in the in the core of the property. Uh, many other veins have have either either no or very limited drilling and just uh, don't have enough uh, work done done on them to evaluate whether there's resources present or not. But we think there's there's excellent uh, exploration potential on the property overall. Um, the property itself is actually permitted for production right now, and as I said, there's there's two uh, declines which access uh, these underground uh vein systems uh which can both facilitate exploration and uh future development work uh on the properties. So basically with with Indiana we're we're in the process still of uh carrying out uh uh surface and underground sampling and uh compiling all of the historical information to a uh three-dimensional uh, uh, uh database that uh, we're using to uh, help really refine uh, uh our plans for uh, for an upcoming drill program. So that's what we're, we're we're focused on at Indiana, over at Atlantida, which is uh, about 40 uh, 40 kilometers uh, to the uh, to the east. Uh, it's a uh, quite a large uh, property, 3,400 hectares. Uh, again, excellent access, uh, good infrastructure. It was held in the past, uh, or the main bulk of the property was held in the past by uh, Inmet. Uh, Mining and uh, and then uh, first quantum uh, minerals after uh, after they acquired Inmet, um, and there's been a, a significant amount of work uh, done and focused on a uh, on a very large porphyry a copper gold deposit that they uh, they discovered on that property. Uh, there's I think more than 55 drill holes and a very significant amount of drilling and. Uh, They've uh, defined what is again a historic uh, uh, mineral resource with respect to a 43101, but you can find it in our uh, our press releases. We disclosed it uh, uh, with all the uh, precautionary language uh, of 427 million tons of 0.2% copper and 0.35 grams per ton gold. So that's about a uh, copper equivalent of around 0.43% uh, um, with a molybdenum credit of about 27 ppm. Um, so that, that that's a significant size deposit, as you, as you as you know, 427 million tons. It's uh, it's it's buried, but uh, on either side of it, there's a significant uh, near surface uh, gold copper rich uh, zone of scarn mineralization. And uh, what we've really brought to this project when we uh, when we acquired it is we negotiated uh, uh, mineral rights from uh, uh, not only the people who had the uh, the property that was formerly held by First Quantum, but uh, 
also two other uh, mineral rights holders. And so we consolidated a larger land position that uh, includes this the gold copper rich scarn area to the west of the uh, deposit which uh, which occurs at or near surface and uh, has has not been been uh, explored contains historic workings um, and uh, and widespread gold copper mineralization which is which is on uh, was was basically from the results of our sampling uh, seems to be a higher grade in, in terms of both metals than the uh, than the average grade of the uh, the porphyry uh, resource. So we've uh, collected uh, samples over this area that have returned results up to almost four grams per ton gold and 2% copper. And the average of all of our sampling uh, was half gram gold and half percent copper uh, range. So that's that's our immediate uh, exploration target is, is evaluating that area to the west of the uh, of the uh, large porphyry. For the folks who who probably don't know about the acquisition, can you can you go back to the acquisition and and kind of tell us uh, when you guys acquired it and and, and what you ended up uh, working out as far as compensation for the properties? Uh, in terms of the Indiana property, uh, it, it's a project that has both significant exploration potential, as I said, and uh, and 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 also near-term production potential uh, because of the uh, the permit and the underground workings and the uh, and the the work that's been done to define these uh, these high grade uh, uh, vein areas. So uh, it's a it's a staged uh, uh, option uh, earn in uh, type of agreement. The uh, terms uh, add up to fifteen million dollars of of payments over forty eight months, which which are back uh, back back loaded. Uh, the last payment is, is seven million dollars. So. Uh, you would you would want to be uh, you know in in production by by that time and that's you know what we're we're focused on is evaluating and moving that thing forward as quickly as possible. The deal on the uh, Atlantida property uh, it adds up to six million dollars uh, of of cash payments over four years, um, uh, and again to earn 100% interest in the property with uh, with a back uh, end loaded uh, schedule. Okay, and so so you've got you guys also have some other a uh, couple other projects you're looking at. Um, tell us, give us kind of the uh, the plan for 2019 and 2020. You know, tell us what the first priority is and kind of kind of go down the list as what you guys are planning on doing over the next 24 months. You know, I I, I haven't really mentioned uh, yet, but but you pointed it out. Uh, Golden Arrow has has a large portfolio of exploration properties in uh, in Argentina that it's assembled. Uh, some of them going back to even before uh, Golden Arrow was formed uh, in the in the company that it was uh, spun out of in 2004. Uh, and 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 many of these projects are in the in the heart of some of the better known mineral belts in in Argentina uh, and uh, have have you know really good uh, discovery potential. Um, there, most of them are not as advanced as these properties in in Chile that we uh, we've acquired, and that's that's why we've really gone out to uh, to uh, uh, move into the more advanced stage projects. Uh, we, we feel that you know there's a lot of uh, good advanced stage projects available, but uh, you know as we talked about at the beginning of the call, uh, you've really got to sort of drill down and, and find the ones that uh, you think you can really add value to, and uh, that's how we came up with those two. But we uh, we do have this uh, large portfolio of pro properties in Argentina. We continue to uh, uh, selectively advance uh, uh, some of these properties, but uh, we're, we're primarily focused uh, with uh, with the larger part of our uh, energy and budget on on advancing the uh, the projects in Chile uh, over the next uh, several years. 
but we have been uh, quite active uh, looking for for new opportunities as well elsewhere and uh, we, we should be uh, uh, having uh, some some announcements regarding that uh, over the coming uh, coming weeks what what is the uh, what does the financing situation look like you guys have just raised money um, how do, how do things look for the rest of the year uh, are you guys looking at, at potentially raising some money again before the end of the year or, or how does that look uh, well, we're just focused right now on closing the the current financing, and uh, you know we'll assess uh, we'll assess uh, things you know as we move forward, uh, and you know what our needs are in terms of uh, and how the uh, Puna operations is uh, is performing. So uh, I really can't uh, speculate at this time. We're just we're just uh, focusing on wrapping up the current financing. And and with the greenfield, you know the portfolio of greenfield stuff that you guys have, um, is there any desire at all uh, at Golden Arrow to look at joint ventures with other companies uh, if the terms are right? Uh, absolutely, and we, we have in the past. We've had joint ventures with uh, with a number of different companies on uh, on on some of our our, our, our properties, and uh, we're always you know op we're, we're open to talk to people. Uh, we've you know signed many CAs and had. Uh, Companies uh, visit our properties, and uh, you know, really, that's a, a good way of, uh, of of leveraging our uh, our experience and expertise in in operating in Argentina and and our large portfolio. And uh, you you can only do so much as a as a junior company, as you know, and you've got to you've got to prioritize your dollars and and so forth. But uh, you know, we've got some properties in. Uh, in the high Andes that, uh, that you know need need significant amounts of capital to uh, to move them forward, and uh, so we're we're always uh, you know, happy to talk to uh, to large uh, companies with uh, with the uh, desire to uh, work on some of these attractive properties in Argentina. So David, fill us in a little bit on on the management team. Uh, we know you're there, obviously, but but give us a, a flavor of of some of the other expertise that's at uh, Golden Arrow. Uh, well, Joe Grosso is the uh, CEO and uh, founder of the company. Uh, he's a uh, an entrepreneur, entrepreneur who uh, really uh, uh, got his start in the mining business uh, in Argentina when it uh, when it opened up for uh, uh, international investment on a large scale in the early 90s. And uh, and he's really sort of you know uh, uh, he's been involved in uh, in uh, exploring in, in some other countries, but. Uh, but really, primarily focused in Argentina since that time, and uh, very well known for for that. Uh, also, quite well known for uh, focus on uh, community and uh, and uh, local stakeholder relations from local governments uh, through provincial and federal levels. And uh, and so uh, so he's uh, he's the, uh, the, uh, the 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 leader of the company. Um, uh, other people on the management team: uh, Nico Kakos, uh, who's a, who's a VP of the company and a director has has uh, been uh, working with uh, with Joe since uh, uh, the very beginning uh, uh, of, from Gold, with Golden Arrow and the Grosso Group. Uh, Brian McEwen is the VP of Exploration, uh, very experienced uh, uh, geologist uh, with a with a with a long career uh, both in consulting and and uh, exploration, and uh, he's the the guy who really. Uh, uh, oversaw all the work uh, done uh, on Chinchillas to to move it uh, from discovery uh, uh, through resource and, uh, and and development. Um, we've got on our board uh, Alf Hills, uh, who's a uh, experienced mining engineer, who uh, who uh, worked uh, or spent a lot of his career with uh, with Placer Dome. He's our uh, representative on the Puna uh, Operations Board of uh, 
directors and uh, is also a director of, of Gold Marrow. Uh, so he adds a really good engineering uh, component to, to the company. Um, uh, we've got a, a, a really experienced team uh, down in Argentina, uh, which is uh, led by a, a very experienced geologist named uh, Hugo Carranza. So yeah, we've got a, a, a quite a quite a diverse and uh, uh, well-rounded team, uh, uh, both both in in Canada and uh, and down in uh, in Argentina, and uh, we're building it up in Chile now. So certainly, Joe has uh, an extensive Rolodex in that region, specifically Argentina and really the whole South America region there. So it's it's good to have that that kind of backstop and that setup uh, that you guys have going there. Um, so. For potential investors, uh, what would you say to them at this point with Golden Arrow? Well, I'd, I'd certainly go back to, to my earlier statement that uh, you know we uh, we're, we're we're exploration experts, particularly in in Latin America. Uh, it's a it's a very unique company in that we uh, we, we have a strong base of value with our twenty five percent interest in a major operating silver mine uh, with with very experienced uh, uh, partners. Um, there's there's upside for growth uh, at uh, at uh, at Puna Operations. Uh, there's a number of different avenues uh, for 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 either extending or expanding uh, production uh, uh, at at Puna. Uh, but beyond that, uh, we're we're focused on uh, on continuing to build the company and uh, and uh, and shareholder value through through uh, uh, advancing and building resources on these advanced stage projects. And uh, and then further from discovery at our uh, large uh, exploration portfolio. So it's a it's a it's a sort of a, a, a very unique company in that we sort of span everything from production right through to uh, to uh, to uh, exploration and discovery. Right, and I would I would say too that uh, you know the current share structure set up uh, the ownership. Um, Kind of where you guys are sitting at this point in the cycle, of course, with with sentiment and the market being down, and and obviously that's reflected in, in a number of these share prices. I think where you guys are today certainly offers a really uh, attractive looking situation that I think people should look into, uh, especially the potential investors looking at the company. Uh, so, what is the best way for investors to learn more about the company and to reach out? Uh, well, they can they can reach us. Uh, uh, by phone, I guess, uh, in Vancouver, our uh, our toll-free number is 1-800-901-0058. We have a website, uh, goldenarrowresources.com. A lot of information on there in terms of up-to-date presentations, uh, uh, technical reports, uh, on our projects and uh, and and summaries and uh, and so you know, those are the two best ways, I guess, to uh, get a hold of us and uh, and uh, find out more. David, thanks for coming on, and we appreciate you taking the time with us today. Uh, I really enjoyed the discussion, Andrew, and uh, and uh, yeah, look forward to speaking again in the future.